Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This uh, is not going to be one of the most fun things we've had to do on this show. We've been with you now 116 episodes, all of which are, I mean, they're fun, but at the same time, uh, we've never had to tackle something this serious. Sunday, we lost Kobe Bryant in a tragic accident, and it's been a few days. Everyone's had uh, had the chance to kind of express how they feel online, but we wanted to take this episode and take some time to remember Kobe. Now, the whole episode's not going to be just a memorial, but I feel as though as one of the all-time greats in the NBA, a top 10 player of all time, this is a guy that if you're going to honor somebody, this is a guy, and we do want to do that. Um, With me as always, Tim Dombrova, uh, no no Canadian music this time, but he is with us. So, uh, Tim, welcome aboard as always. Good day, Nate. Uh, and, and we're going to talk about some some heavy stuff here. And I know a lot of people. Kobe meant a lot to a lot of people. Um, you know, it's a sad situation. He played twenty years in the NBA, and only played for one team was a role model to a lot of kids. And, of course, um, during these times, a lot of people like to bring up negatives. I'm not necessarily in agreement with that. Um, I didn't know the man, but I know what kind of basketball player he was. So we're going to leave all the negatives at the door here. He's not here to defend himself, so we're not going to be that, those guys. So at least that's that's what I'm feeling, Tim. I'm not feeling any kind of negative talk about Kobe, and no. you know we've all got we've all got things in our life that we we regret. Um, you know we've all done some things that we were not proud of, and yeah. I'm not saying yeah. Kobe's passing conviction here. I'm not judging, you know, what happened, and there's some it's, controversy uh, around him, but we're not going to talk about it. It's inconsequential at this point. Uh, the man has passed, and regardless of it don't matter, true, untrue, positive, negative, none of that really matters at this point. Uh, there are, uh, I don't want to say bigger issues, but uh, I don't, I, I, I've, I've sat down, I've, I've thought about this, Nate, because in full disclosure, not the biggest Kobe Bryant fan in the world, uh, but will not deny his um, contribution to the sport is unquestioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone, who say, anyone who says otherwise is kidding themselves. Uh, but that being said, um, I don't think I told you this off air, but when I first heard that a ba- uh, L.A. basketball star dies, mm-hmm. I, immediate, I immediately went to Kareem uh, Magic Johnson yeah. Never, never, never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that 41 year old Kobe Bryant would be gone. Never occurred to me at all. Um, and caught me off guard, to be honest. Uh, and I said, I'm not a fan, uh, not a Lakers guy. But that guts you. Uh, I mean, if you're yeah. anywhere near that age, 
it has to, I mean, I'm older, so it really guts me. I mean, it's just, okay, a man who, to be quite honest, probably could still be playing in the NBA if he really wanted to. Um, it, it's just a, it, it's just a senseless loss, period. Loss for the sport, uh, loss for his family, loss for his children that are left, his wife, and anybody who, who, who was a, a real basketball fan, and I'm not talking a, yeah, I love the Knicks because I live in New York, and I'm not picking on Knicks fans either, but you know what I mean. Like anybody who was a fan of the game of basketball has got to be saddened by his death. There's just no way around it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, I grew up watching Kobe. I had a chance to watch Jordan as a kid, so I was lucky that um, I got to watch him growing up and Kobe was kind of that next step. Um, before I got into the Minnesota Timberwolves, I would watch Laker games with my buddy Caleb. Uh, we would talk about the Lakers. We all, we, me and him were big. Uh, Kobe, we, we liked Kobe a lot. Um, he, he loved well, Kobe. So he well, was the first guy I thought of whenever Kobe. I heard the news. Would you say that because we're from a different, uh, we're a generation apart, full disclosure. Um, mm-hmm. Would you say, would you say that Kobe for you guys was our Michael Jordan? Yeah, I, well, not me, because again, well, but I'm in, on that. But in the sense, but in the sense that ba- basketball had kind of lost a little bit of popularity when Jordan left, uh, a lot of people dropped out, and and Kobe brought. Uh, larger than life uh stick it to you every chance i mean this guy like i, I think back you know he dunked on like yao ming and, and 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 embarrassed guys like left and right on purpose like purely because he he was the next guy who i like to win i want to win and if that means kobe bryant's got to score 61 kobe bryant will score 61 he reminded me a lot of the M- michael jordan Yeah, I mean he did that. That was that was what Kobe did. Kobe would score whenever he he needed to score. Kobe was was always ready to take the ball to the hoop. Kobe had no fear. Kobe was a guy who, as far as I'm concerned, he had that 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 instinct, that Mamba mentality that that we always hear about. Kobe was that guy. Off. Didn't take any nights no. off that I recall. So no, you know, no, he didn't. Off. Okay, and you've got to, I mean, in today's day and age, you've really got to admire that when you look at some of the players now and you kind of question, you know, how bad do these guys want to win? You know, is it more about the paycheck than it is about the W's? Kobe Bryant Mm -hmm. wanted to win. Yeah, he did. He did. And uh, I'll tell you what we'll do here, Tim. Let's go ahead and we'll roll into our, um, we'll go ahead and play our intro as normal. And then we'll come back. And we'll talk some more about Kobe Bryant because, uh, I mean, there's a lot to talk about here, especially. Uh, let's go ahead and get to it. If you're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com strip cam 
Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at Facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meats at StayClassyMeats.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WideMenCan'tJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter at WideJump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. Well, one thing that I want to do is um, I found this article. And, uh, I believe it's, let's see here, 2000, okay, this is actually just posted after his death. Um, he, just to show people how good Kobe was, this is Kobe's best scorings against every team from his, uh, career. This is the most, you know what I mean? Most points he put up against the team. So yeah. we'll go through this here. You know, he never played against the Lakers, so obviously you're not going to have that. But we got 29 others. Scored 125 during practice, though. (laughs) Milwaukee Bucks. Against the Bucks. That's the best he had was was 43 against the Bucks. Against the L.A. Clippers, January 7th, 2006, he had 50 to go with eight assists and eight rebounds. So... That was a big night for him there. Um, against the Utah Jazz on April 13th, 2016, he had 60 in his final game of his career. Kobe played 1,566 games in his career, and the very last one he put up 60 against the Utah Jazz. 23 in the fourth quarter. Ah, magical night. I remember watching that. That was insane. I couldn't believe it. Shaq told him to go out and get 50, and uh, Kobe got 60. Instead, it's insane. Denver Nuggets, February 12th, 2003. Kobe had 51. Let's see here. The the Toronto Raptors, the infamous game. Well, maybe not infamous, the famous game. January 22nd, 2006. Kobe has 81. 81 points. The... (laughs) That's insane. Second most points scored all time in a basketball game. Kobe Bryant with 81. Insane. Miami Heat, they kept Kobe kind of low. 33 was all Kobe could put up. And that was March 4th, 2012. So, Kobe only had 33 against Miami. Then Boston, the rival, um, Kobe had, you know, let's, let's not call it the best game in the world, but it was June 17th, 2010, 23 points with 15 rebounds. Game seven of the NBA Finals. You know, maybe not his best game against the Celtics, um, but this one, you know, maybe he didn't score the most points in this one, but that was a big game, clearly. Um, Houston Rockets on December 15, 2006. Kobe had 53. Dallas Mavericks, uh, December 20th, 2005. 62 points. Um, 
the scoreboard read at the end of the game at the end of the third quarter, Kobe had sixty two, Dallas had sixty one. <laughs> that's that's insane to me. Philadelphia seventy sixers, January sixth, two thousand six, Kobe had forty eight. Indiana Pacers, June fourteenth, two thousand. Um, this is the twenty eight twenty eight points. Buddy went 14-27, shooting six points in the final two minutes of overtime to win this game. This was in the NBA Finals. Uh, and this was leading the Lakers to a championship. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder, Kobe had 48 against them on January 14, 2008. Memphis Grizzlies on March 22, 2007, he had 60 San Antonio Spurs, May 19, 2001, 45. I mean, it's just <laughs> – this is these are video game numbers. Phoenix Suns, they all high 50 points on May 4, 2006. 40 points against Orlando Magic, June 4, 2009. 65 points on March 2007. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets, February 13, 2001. Late game heroics, 38 points for Kobe. They tied one team overtime. Kobe and four against the Kings, 48 points. May 31, 2001. He had December 17, 19. Not sure if anyone can still hear, but it appears that Nate's feed has dropped. Um, he's gotten out there a bit. Um, so I'm not sure. We'll wait here for a minute and see if he returns. Uh, and he can carry out, take over where he's left off. Uh, let's go to the NBA uh, scoreboard quickly. Uh, we've got the Pacers at the Bulls. There, we got Nate back. Sorry, sorry. Connection was lost there for a second. Yeah, my you, apologies. You checked out at. Uh, I'm not even sure, but the last few things you said, I, you were, cutting in and out, and then I lost you. So. All right. Well, did we get? Did Did you hear Brooklyn Nets at least? Yeah, I think you were around the D's when you cut out. I think you were said, said Dallas. I thought I heard. The last one. Mm. I had done Dallas. Um, how about New Orleans Pelicans? Have we gotten that far? No, 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 never heard that. Okay, how about Portland Trailblazers? No, 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 you were back further than that. Orlando, well, this isn't in alphabetical order. Oh, okay. Um, then I don't know for sure. I, okay. I, I, well, wasn't, I wasn't sure if it was me or your my end or your end. So I was, okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll just start here. Brooklyn again. 38 points against Brooklyn. They were tied at 110 in overtime. Kobe drove in, finished the and one with 4.8 seconds to go. Sacramento, May 31st, 2001. Kobe with 48 points. Uh, the Bulls on December 17, 1997. Kobe had 33 
points. Um, he had better points. He had better games against the Bulls, but this was a huge game in the second season because this one was against Michael Jordan in United Center, and Kobe had a very nice night. Detroit Pistons, March 15, 2001, 39 points in that game. Charlotte Hornets, he had 58 points in 55 minutes. Uh, December 29, 2006, it's a triple overtime game, and he drilled a three-pointer to force a third overtime with 22 seconds left. Against my wonderful Wolves, March 18, 2017, he had 50 points, and this was the game where Kobe went for 50. KG had 26, 15, and 6. Both made the jump from high school and back-to-back drafts. And there was a lot of comparisons there. Against the Wizards, March 28th, 2003, 55 points there. The Hawks, November 1st, 2009, Kobe had 41. Cavs, 42 on January 13th, 2012. And the last two, Golden State Warriors, 51 points he had on December 6th, 2000. And the Knicks, 61 points on February 2nd, 2009. So, Nearly all of Kobe's best games he would score uh, were way over the 40-point mark, if that shows you what kind of guy and what kind of ball player Kobe Bryant was. And I apologize for cutting out in the middle of that. Well, Kobe, I can't remember the year, uh, but I read somewhere that he once went a month with a 40-point average. That's insane. A whole month. I believe it was, two, I want to say 2003, where he went the entire month averaging 40 points a game, which is insane. Yeah, that is, that is, that is a miraculous number. Oh. And he sits where? Fourth, fourth all time on the scoring list, just passed by uh, Mr. James. Um, and I believe if I read correctly, there's nobody in the rearview mirror at this point um, that's coming anywhere near those guys. Uh, like LeBron is the only guy who's active. Like the next guy, I believe, is Carmelo Anthony. And I want to still active. And I, yeah, but they, but he's like eight thousand points behind something crazy like that. And Vince Carter, I believe, is the next one. But neither of those guys are coming anywhere near. It's it's going to be a while before one of these younger guys gets anywhere near those uh, those heights, if if they even do. I mean, Kobe played for twenty years. I mean, not too many guys are going to put in twenty years anymore. That that in itself is an amazing statistic. Yeah, yeah, it really is. That's a wild statistic that he played that long and he never changed teams, which is the that one was a, is the real longevity question there. Not really a question, but that's the one of the longevity longevity factors well, and staying loyal to a team. Well, Love him Kobe or hate him, Kobe Bryant never left. He was he never left. A, he was not a beloved player when he played until he decided to quit, and then uh, fans give him his his just dues. But uh, he was not a well liked player. Well, there was a reason for that, and that's because he he was a win at all cost. He wanted to win. He, you know, I'm not going to say he was the best teammate in the world. There was some ups and downs in a, in a lot of his relationships. He had a huge impact on everyone. He 
was one guy who you could always count on to knock down big shots. He was a guy – like, if I wanted the ball in somebody's hand at the end of the game, if it wasn't Michael, it was Kobe because you know he's going to deliver. Very few times did that man ever miss when it came to a game winner. Now, of course, you know, everybody has misses for game winners, but Kobe Bryant didn't miss often. Well, when the Lakers were, were bad, they were bad, too. I mean, even when Kobe was pumping up 30 and 40 he and 50 took- a night, for a while, Kobe they, took I mean, a a terrible was, Lakers team to the yeah, playoffs. I mean, I mean in his had, prime for for a couple of years there after Shaq left, they were not particularly good. Um, well, let let me find the team because there was one team that there there was just a lot of guys on that team who and they, I mean, they were not of, a good team. A lot of people expected. I mean, I remember there was talk that he was going to bail. You know, if he if now is the time for him to get out of L.A. because they're bad and he's being wasted there and blah 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 blah, but he never ever left. He just well, there was some talk about him going. There was some talk about him going to actually the Clippers, and I think uh, there was a lot of people that kind of talked him out of that, uh, if I recall. He here's here's some of the guys. All right, so here's the team that that Kobe actually they uh, uh what were they they were they actually won one forty seven games with this team. Um, they were I'm trying to see where they finished in the they lost in the Western Conference first round to the Suns. Now let me see if I can find the uh, okay they were the seven seed. This was a seven seed Lakers team, and they pushed the two seed. To the seven to the seven games, here was the team: Kwame Brown, Kobe Bryant, Andrew Bynum, Brian Cook, an aged Devin George, Devin Green, Jim Jackson, Aaron McKee, uh, Chris Mim, had Lamar Odom, Smush Parker, uh, Ronnie Turiaf, Sasha Vujicic, Von Wafer, Luke Walton. Kobe Bryant, that team, to the playoffs and almost beat the Suns in that series. It came down to game seven. That's uh, <laughs> crazy to me that that team, and if I look at these, and I bet if I look at these statistics, Kobe had amazing games here. Uh, let's see. First game, Kobe ends the game with how many points here? Let's find Kobe's point statistics if I can. 22 in the first game. Uh, second game. And well, let me get to the second game. But, yeah, first game, Kobe has 22 in the loss. And the second game in the win, Kobe had 29. They win the third game, believe it or not, at home. They took a series lead. Kobe ended with only 17 in that one, but he did lead the team in assists with seven. So he was getting other guys involved. They actually had a 3-1 series lead in this as they won the next game. And Kobe Bryant ended that game with 24 points uh, to go with eight assists. Then they lose three straight from there on out to the Suns. Uh, game five, they go back to Phoenix. Kobe ends with 29 
in a blowout loss. Game six, Suns bounce back and win again in L.A. Kobe had 50, and the Lakers still lost. Uh, not much more a guy can do there. And game seven, the deciding game, Kobe ended with 24 points. So, you want to talk about a guy, like his lowest, he didn't score below, what, 20, 22? That was the low, or no, 17, I'm sorry. He had 17 in one game, but he had like game high seven assists. So, talk about a guy that was involved. That Kobe Bryant was that guy. He was very much, uh, very much involved. But here's a, here's a statement from Vanessa Bryant, who has recently spoke spoke out her her it's impossible to imagine life without them, but we wake up each day trying to keep pushing because Kobe and our baby girl Gigi are shining on us light the way so um, I can't imagine what that woman is going through I don't know I wouldn't want to imagine at all so I don't know I would imagine it's tough. that she is in a, a haze or days, or whatever words you want to use, because it's got to be surreal at this point. Still, they can't have can't have sunk in for her yet. Um, she got a lot. I, I feel extremely sorry for her and her children. They have got a long road because not only you know, and that goes for anybody that loses a spouse or a parent or, or a child, but she, she's going to be in the limelight forever now. She probably was yeah. to some. She probably was to some degree, anyhow. But now, she's really going to be in the limelight, and I don't think that's an easy way to have to mourn the loss of your loved ones. Certainly. So ho- hopefully, people are respectful. And I haven't really seen much in the negative. There's been a few idiots, of course, because there's always a couple. But generally speaking, it's it's been pretty decent so far. Um, as it should be. Uh, now is no time for personal vendettas or grudges or any of that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, uh, just not a good thing. Yeah, it's really not. Um, we got some commercials that we have to air. Let's go ahead and get to them, and, and uh, we're going to go ahead and go to new law office commercial. Uh, Steve News, a huge Lakers fan, by the way, in case nobody knew that. Uh, big big time Lakers fan, so uh, we'll go ahead and get to him and and we'll roll here with uh, with him, and then uh, we'll probably roll into our uh, stay classy meets commercial from there. So the, we got to play these. I know we're kind of in the middle of a, a a good moment here with Kobe, but these are things we have to we have to play. So we'll be back after this. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 
Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. All right. Thanks to our great sponsors, Law Offices, Stephen P. New, and StayClassyMeats.com. Two great, uh, great people, or great people, but two great companies to be involved with. And if you need your meat or you need uh, law representation, those are two you really need to check out. Um, you know, I talked, we, we talked off air when this happened, Tim, and we were wondering how the rest, and it's really come out a lot recently where a lot of people are sharing their feelings about Kobe. And I've heard a lot of people talk about him, whether it was, you know, former teammates, you know, Brian Shaw was on ESPN. A lot of people really talked about Kobe. Um, I want to share this clip. This is Shaq from Inside the NBA the other night with Ernie Johnson and Kenny Smith. I think uh, Reggie Miller was on there after they postponed the Um, But Shaq had some emotional and he had tears in his eyes when he said it, which was really, it was heartbreaking him. And then of course, from West Virginia, the logo, Jerry West, the man who brought Kobe to Los Angeles, who made the decision to draft Kobe Bryant. I've pieced their two interviews from TNT the other night together. If you haven't heard these, you need to hear these now. This I'm going to play this here. It's about uh, 15 minutes or so. And these are, these are true emotions from two guys that maybe were closer to Kobe than anyone else and two guys that kind of summed him up better than anybody I know. So, Tim, uh, we're going to go ahead and roll to that. Is that cool? Yep. Go ahead. Shaq, you're the first guy I thought of when I heard this news the other day. Of course, I talked to you and Charles and Kenny later that afternoon, but <clears throat> then I saw that you had gotten a text from Kobe that morning. Or Sharif had gotten one. What, um, how do you, how have you been over the last 48 hours? Well, as you know, it's already been the last couple months been really tough. Uh, lost my little sister. Haven't been sleeping. Haven't been doing the normal things I usually do. I work, we laugh, we kid, we joke. When I get back home and look at reality and say she's gone, it was just hurts. So the other day I'm downstairs working out with my son Shakir and my nephew Columbus. And my other nephew comes in crying and he shows me his phone. And I snapped at him. I said, man, get that out of my face. 
get it away from me. You know, we live in a world where anything could be photoshopped, anything could be hoaxed. I didn't want to believe it. And then I got the call from you, Charles, Kenny, everybody called me. And then we found out it was confirmed. And haven't felt the pain that sharp in a while. 47 years old, uh, two, lost two grandmothers, lost a Sarge, lost my sister, and now I lost a little brother. We, uh, our names will be attached together for what we did. People always ask about our relationship, and I tell them it's just like me and Charles. We got two strong-minded people that are going to get it done that way. We're going to say certain things. The respect will never be lost. But when it comes to be inside the lines and win, that's what me and him, that's what we did. That's what me and Charles, that's what we do. It was sort of like a triple, triple stabbing to the heart because after you cry and wonder about that, then I get back on the internet, Rick Fox is on the plane. So now I'm, I'm, I'm sick even more. I'm calling Rick, he's not answering. So now I'm, 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 I'm like, what's going on? And then the final blow, his lovely daughter was with him on the helicopter. You know, we, every time I saw his lovely wife and his kids, same thing I do with, with, with Kenny's kids and D-Ray's kids, hi, my name is Uncle Shaq. I don't know if they know me as a basketball player, it doesn't matter, I just, hi, I'm Uncle Shaq, I try to make him laugh. And he would do the same thing. Sharif called me devastated and said, Kobe just text me to check and see how he's doing. And he used to do that from, from time to time. You know, it just makes me think that in, in life, sometimes instead of holding back certain things, we should just do. D. Wade. Hold on, look, Josh. Okay, go. We uh, we up here we work a lot, and I think a lot of times we 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 take stuff for granted. Like I don't talk to you guys as much as I as much as I need to. The fact that uh, we're not going to be able to joke at his Hall of Fame ceremony. We're not going to be able to say, "Hi, I got five, you got four. The fact that we're not going to be able to say, if we would stay together, we could have got 10. Those are the things that you can't get back. And with the loss of my father, my sister, and my parents, that's the only thing I wish I could just say something to him again. Last time I talked to him was when we were here and I asked him to get 50 and he got 60. It's the last time I spoke to him. And I just wish I could have, you know, so... It, it definitely changes me. I have to, because I work a lot. You, you, you guys know what I do. I, I, I work probably more than the average guy, but I just really have to now just take time and just call and say, I love you. Rick Fox call, finally called me and said, man, I love you. B. Shaw called me. So I'm going to try to do a better job of just reaching out and just talking to the people 
rather than always procrastinating because you never know. Life is too short. I never, I could never imagine nothing like this. I was thinking the other day, I've, I've never seen anything like this. All the basketball idols that I grew up, I see them. They're old. Like I used to be at home when you came to interview me, Ernie. I used to watch the great round, mile round of rebound. Now I'm working with them. I used to want to be Dr. J. He used to live next door to my mother in Orlando. My father used to tell me about the three great big men. I met them. I seen them. And the fact that uh, we lost probably the world's greatest Laker, world's greatest basketball player. It's just, I, listen, people are going to say, take your time and get better, but it's going to be hard for me. I already don't sleep anyway, so, but I'll, uh, I'll figure it out. My condolence goes out to his family, his mom, his dad, his sisters, the other families, everybody involved. Laker organization, I talked to Jeannie and Linda, and uh, people here are hurting, especially in this organization. You know, some people have to get treatment, and some people just, just don't understand, because it hit all of us out of nowhere. I didn't want to believe it. I said to myself, I, I hope somebody, some butt face made this up and it's not true. I didn't want to believe it. But then after getting all the, com the, the calls and then you finally feel it was concerned and just, it just, you know, my spirit just uh, left my body. I just wish I could be able to say one thing to the, one last thing to the people that we, we lost because, uh, you know, once you're gone, you're gone forever. And, you know, we should never take stuff like that uh, for granted. And now we'll hear comments from the logo himself, native West Virginian Jerry West, on the life of Kobe Bryant. Memorable night in 1996. Made a deal with the Charlotte Hornets to get Kobe Bryant in a Laker uniform. Jerry, I want to know what you saw in those like, was it two workouts you saw of this teenage kid, Kobe Bryant, and what knocked your socks off? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, sorry. Totally understandable. You know, it wasn't like this was some great discovery because people knew who he was. At that time, uh, it wasn't in vogue to take 17-year-old kids. And uh, we were having a workout, and his agent, Arn Tellum, and I have been longtime friends. And he said, uh, I'd like, he wants to come and work out with some of these players that were going to be higher, taken in a draft, everyone thought. And he goes there, and I watched this, 17 years old, and I said to myself, this is ridiculous. These kids don't, other kids don't even belong here. And they were three, four years in college. And <clears throat> I said, this is a waste because I hope we don't have to draft one of those guys. When the process is a young man sitting beside me here, that uh, 
also figured into this plan. And so again, Kobe Bryant, through his agent, they were trying to direct him here to us. And our big prize, the showcase of our franchise, was going to be Shaquille O'Neal. If we could convince him to come here. At that point in time, you could not communicate because of uh, a league's um, uh, in negotiation with the players and his lockout. So Kobe wanted to come back again and work out for us. And uh, so Arn called me and said he's been down here and he wants to work out. So I brought Michael Cooper in, and I think some of you people know who Michael Cooper is, uh, one of the great defenders we've had in our league. And so we wanted him to play well, Kobe Bryant, and see what it looked like. Well, after 10 minutes, I said, stop this, okay? <laughs> he was embarrassing Michael, and I told Michael, I said, man, you retired soon enough. And that was the genesis of it. But spent countless days trying to trade our starting centers, Plade Divac, to create space to, so hopefully we could attract the kill. And um, Shaquille and I never met in person, and we developed a relationship over the phone, which was very honest, and that's the only thing I believe in when you're dealing with players. You cannot ever lie to a player. Never. And finally one day, I late Jerry Buss, who was, we only had two or three people working for us at that point in time. And I told Shaquille, and I really remember this, um, I said, Shaquille, we just drafted a kid who's the best player in the draft. And I said, I know you got a lot of good players down in Orlando, but I said, we have better players here, and we have one that's going to be the best player in the league one day. Pretty bold statement to make, but to me it was obvious. Charles watching you, Dwayne watching you, Reggie watching you, Phil watching you. It was easy to identify. And so this process went on, and all of a sudden, our dream came true. We got Shaquille O'Neal. We got Kobe Bryant. But I think the thing that probably is hardest for me is the times I spent with him when he was 17 years old at my house, constantly wanting me to go to the gym, uh, watching him play in the summer league, and you know everyone was excited to see a young kid like that. And he's having dinner at your table and, on nights, too. Yes, and having dinner uh, at my house. My son, Ryan, was his first best friend in town who worked for the Lakers for a number of years. Drove him around. And uh, to watch this relationship, but he was uniquely different. Let me tell you why he was different. He always talked about this mama mentality. He didn't have to create that. It was already there. And to watch him search out information, to watch him want to find some way to get better every year. And I spent four years of my life watching this. And I made a trade with the Miami Heat. I traded Eddie Jones, who was an all-star player. The reason why... Kobe Bryant needed to start. I was kind of vilified about it, um, but best thing that ever happened. But I think the thing that resonates with me the most 
This is an incredible career. This is a sad city right now. One person with one name, Kobe. You don't even have to mention his last name. And to see the pictures of him with his daughter, sitting at games, hugging, him, hugging them, to get a Christmas card from them every year, and to watch this incredible family grow and prosper. And now to see not one, but two, the three families gone. Uh, saddest day of my life. I lost a brother in Korea. It's the only thing that compares to this, to me. I don't want to ramble on very much, but I had a special relationship with him. No one knows the intimate talks I had with him. No one knows, even people who are close to him, they don't know the conversations I had with him. They don't know the conversations I had with him in Memphis when I was working in Memphis. We still communicated. And I remember when he was going to leave the Lakers, and I've never really mentioned this to anyone. He was going to come and sign with the Clippers, who I'm now involved with as a consultant. And I told him, Kobe, under no circumstances can you do this. And he was mad at everyone, the Lakers, the owner, everyone else. I said, Kobe, you can't go play with the Clippers. You can't play for that owner, period. We had two conversations about it. And he supposedly made a commitment to the Clippers And after the last one we talked last time. But there's so many things that we talked about as he was just seeking information. He, his parents were with him for a while. And honestly, I felt like he spotted for two years. I don't know if I can get over this. I really don't. And that is Shaq and Jerry West. Thoughts on Kobe Bryant, uh, the Mamba, who we will miss. And uh, Tim, do you let, let's go ahead and what we'll do here is Tim and I are going to kind of put this to bed on our end. Um, we'll say our final thoughts. And if we get any callers that want to talk about Kobe, uh, we will open the line up to that. But Tim, do you have anything you want to say uh, just to kind of wrap this up and then we'll get to our regularly scheduled stuff that we have. Okay. I, I, I want to throw out there uh, two things. One um, and I don't want this one to sound negative, but it's probably going to come off being a tiny bit negative. All the talk about changing the NBA logo. Um, I don't care so much, I guess, if they decide to do it, but that's not something you should, it shouldn't be a knee jerk reaction to doing it. That's, you know, wisdom with time and all that stuff. That's one thing. But the thing I really want to get at is I want to throw a big shit sandwich at the press in the United States of America and anywhere else for that matter on the unbelievable amount of bullshit that these guys post as fact or print as fact and driving people insane. I saw Rick Fox on TV today. That man was gutted because his family thought he was dead. 
because they report there was a report early on that he was on the helicopter. Um, why they cannot wait two minutes? They're in such a hurry to be first for everything, and why they can't wait until they know exactly what's happened and post the story and print a story that is actually all true and not conjecture or hypothesis or anything else. Uh, people's emotions and feelings you're screwing with. And even, you know, at one point, all four kids were on the helicopter and blah, blah, blah. And it was just getting insane there for a bit. Um, they need to really do something about that. Uh, and other than that, I will say that uh, Kobe Bryant will be sorely missed by the basketball community. Uh, he was a mentor to a lot of players. He was the reason a lot of people watched the game, uh, a lot of reason a lot of players got into the game, and there will probably never be another guy like him. Uh, I took to the internet, made a post saying we are going to be talking about Kobe Bryant, and anybody that maybe wanted to to put out some their memories of Kobe Bryant were free to do so. I had a few here I wanted to read. Nathaniel Chapman uh, is a good friend of the show. Uh, posted Kobe was and always will be my all-time favorite player. I'm not a baller by any means, but he gave me a desire to not only play a little, but to take an interest in the sport. Legends never die. Uh, our good friend Armando Martinez, uh, Clippers diehard. Armando came out and said, "I'm no Lakers fan, far from it. But Kobe Bryant is not just a basketball legend; but he's also a Southern California hero for what he did for the homeless in the Greater Los Angeles area." His second act was going to be greater than his basketball playing career. He's done so much for women's basketball in Southern California, and his daughter was taken away as well. She was going to change the women's game, in my opinion. R.I.P. Mamba and Mamba Sita. Just you know, Ed. Ed's a Celtics fan. You'd think my opinion would be totally different. Kobe's 41 years old, just like me, so it hit me hard. The daughter deal hurt too, obviously, as a daughter. For, I, have, I have a daughter as well. I'm paraphrasing here. Um, was able to follow him since high school. Still a little bummed. I never got to make a trip to see him at Lower Marion. Some of us were going to, but plans fell through. As many NBA games as I've seen in person, I somehow never got to see him. However, a true legend that expands farther than basketball. Love is assassin mentality very similar to jordan in that mold he'll cut your throat out to win and was a stud a shame we didn't get to see how much he had left for this world as he was involved in some really big things and had tons of respect i rambled on but huge props to a legend of our time austin dingus said kobe was my favorite player always fun to watch and growing up i tried to have enough of his work ethic just to be better even though i played center a lot I'll never forget where I was when I found out he died. And I'll never forget just being so stunned and numb because I didn't know what to think. And finally, Brandon Robinette, Kobe was a guy I loved to hate, man. I hated him and Shaq together. I hated what they did to the Kings. I hated how good he was. I loved hating him, Of if that makes sense. It's sad to see a father and husband go so early. I didn't think it would affect me like this, but he he was supposed to go after Bill, Mike, Reggie, and all the other greats, Kobe was someone who had more to give to the sport after playing the game. I'm heartbroken he was taken away from his family. 
in the game so early in life. And also every time I talk about Kobe, I bring up the elbow to Biddy in the Western Conference Finals. It was just that era of basketball that so I so vividly remember, and he was in the center of those moments. I'm going to miss him. Um, I haven't really weighed in on the whole the whole thing, but um, Kobe Bryant was, again, a player I watched growing up and a guy who I loved to watch play. I really got into basketball more. Again, I was into it when Michael was there, uh, but I really started appreciating it more when Kobe was around his ability to take over a basketball game was unlike anything I'd ever seen. Kobe Bryant was one of the best basketball players I've ever laid eyes on. And he catches a bad rap sometimes for being a ball hog or for different things. And, you know, maybe some of that was true, but Kobe Bryant was one thing, if anything, he was a winner. He had the championships. He had the rings. He got an MVP. He gold medalist in the Olympics. It goes on and on. And for him to come out of high school at 17 and go to the NBA and become one of the the statues of the league is incredible. And that young man that he was turned into a grown man legend that will be sorely missed. I've, I remember where I was on 9-11, and I'll forever remember where I was when Kobe Bryant died. And he was taken from us too soon. We will miss you, Kobe Bryant. We will miss the Mamba, and we hope that life, life will go on, but we hope you also, your memory will carry on, and all the positive messages you had. So... With that, I'm going to bring our Kobe Bryant memoriam to kind of a close here for me and Tim. Uh, At the end of the show, I'll have one more thing to play. If anybody calls in and wants to talk about Kobe Bryant, that's all well and good. We will do that. We will continue to talk about Kobe on this show. But as for Tim and I, we're going to get back to business in hand here because we can only mourn so long. And Kobe would want us to carry on. He would see us mourning right now and say we were soft if you know Kobe. So I'll tell you what we'll do. We're going to go ahead and take another break. We come back. We are going to get into some basketball. We're going to talk some more basketball. Uh, And Tim, have you seen what our good friends at Atomic Comics and Collectibles have been doing lately? I have. um, The wrestling action figures. Insanity over there with the wrestling action figures. Absolutely. I I saw them today and talked talked to the guy and his wife and they're doing great, and they're they're selling some good stuff. That he had a couple health issues, but is back doing well now. He's a, fully healed from an attack of Bell's palsy, so good to see that. And uh, they're doing great and getting ready for you know try to move as many wrestling action figures as you can handle. Check them out: Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game systems, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say, Oh my God! 
Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Are you tired of the same old average, everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to StripCamFun.com. On StripCamFun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com, where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires. And you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's StripCamFun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Oh, thanks to our great sponsors, New Law Offices, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, Strip Cam Fun, and Stay Classy Meats. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time for us to stop being so down. I know we'll, we'll always miss Kobe, but the show must go on. And we're going to preface it here by kicking things off with tonight's top 10. Tim, are you ready for the top 10? I am juiced for the top 10. Yeah, this is a, this one, this is a pretty lengthy top 10. Shackleford says I'm going to enjoy it. And even though I f- thought I fired him, but I guess he came back. I don't know. He's, he's like, he's he's okay. like, that guy's like herpes. You think he's gone? Yeah. Like a turd that won't flush. But nevertheless, here we go. <laughs> this week it's, I don't even know, but let's find out, shall we? Top 10, here we go. Wideman Cantrump would like to announce that the following paid-for advertisement is in no way associated with the Wideman Cantrump Radio Network, Dave Meltzer, Bruce Polbans, Saturday Night Live, or Stephen A. <laughs> Smith. Thank you. Tonight's Top 10 is brought to you by our sponsors, Shinston Stomach Pumps, LLC, in conjunction with the Tom Robinson School of Proctology. Shinston, number one in customer satisfaction and West Virginia's premier gastric specialists. Shinston Stomach Pumps are committed and dedicated to providing you with a once-in-a-lifetime experience that you can tell your friends and family about for years to come. And now, Shinston is proud to announce that we offer a digital media experience with every gastrointestinal cleansing. Be the first to post your plunging on Facebook, and it's guaranteed to get you 37.4 more retweets on Twitter. And if you're really backed up, we now offer a free consultation with our sister service, the Tom Robinson School of Proctology. Because, of course, no one knows bullshit like Tom Robinson. <laughs> and for a limited time, Tom will personally autograph a piece of his world-famous yellow vest worn in the Academy Award-winning film, The Piano. Operators are standing by to take your calls at 1-800-843-7867. That's 1-800-THE-RUNS. And as always... Shinston Stomach Pumps LLC at 304-666-7853. That's 304-SATAN-CUTE. 
And now, our new international number, 1-844-487-7446. That's one uh, It's Riho. Financing available on approved credit. And now, to your top ten. Tonight's top ten songs that were originally recorded by Delco Records and stolen by other artists. At number ten, Ed and Whitney by Ed Bogus. A little ditty about Ed and Whitney. Two American kids growing up in West Virginia. Boom, boom, boom. Ed's gonna be a fantasy sports star. Whitney spends time cooking so Ed don't stray far. <laughs> At number nine, delivered to a centerfold by Tom. Robinson, the streets go by, I'm looking at my GPS machine, I go up to the door and behold a porno scene, my brain it froze, was tongue-tied, couldn't feel my toes, just delivered to a center fold. At number eight, from that Canadian classic crooner Tim Dombrova, I'm wearing my toque all night. I'm gonna wear my toque all night and every day cause it's minus 42 Fahrenheit and it's freezing rain. At number seven, that classic hit by Armando Martinez. Don't want to be an East Coast idiot And be a fan of Brady and the Patriots Jimmy G is going to be successful And the 49ers win the Super Bowl At number six, that new pop sensation, Kate Bush Oh my God. I'm the little guy most babies want to be, like I get to eat Cheetos most of the night, because I'm living in a ceiling fan paradise, <laughs> Auntie Angie's place is pretty nice, I'm living in a ceiling fan paradise. And of course, what compilation would be complete without Karen from Philly at number five? What I like about you. Oh is you God. let me bed at night. <laughs> Over, under, against the spread, money line, it's all right. Oh, my God. You're whispering in my ear, telling me the odds that I want to hear, because it's true. I bet the mortgage on you. And, of course, who can forget that big, big hit from Nate Bush at number four? Oh, man. Welcome to the Taco Bell, can I take your order? Chalupa Supreme, what a lovely dream. I ordered so much that they think I am a hoarder. I go every day, I can't keep away. I didn't go today. And then who would forget, at number three, that classic classic by Nick Hoff. His name's Nick Hoff. He's a delivering guy. He drives down the road. The miles they go by. Oh my God! <laughs> well, the Celtics are his team, but the title's just a dream. The Rams are just as far away. 
and the red stocks cheat every day. Bum, 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 bum. Stealing signs. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. And of course, at number two, uh, that uh, West Virginia rap artist, epic, epic uh, piece of work, uh, Josh Brown, with of course his rendition uh, of, um, well, you'll know it when you hear it, folks. From West Virginia, born and raised, the hot tub is where he spends most of his days. So take a chair and wipe off that frown, and let me tell you the story of how I became background Josh Brown. <laughs> and then, of course, the number one hit from Delco Records that's been stolen by other artists is, of course, by the great or the one and only Stephen P. New. Got this. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. You can't use this. Boom, 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 boom. It's copyrighted. Boom, 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 boom. It ain't yours. Cease and desist. My, my, my. Well, my letters, they don't lie. Some guys are dumb, barely have to try. Thank you. For the no reply, when we get to court, that shit won't fly. It feels good when you know you're right. I'm going to sue you right out of sight. And I'm better than this jerk. Go to my site, get a free T-shirt. I told you, Gordon, you can't use this. It ain't yours. You're dumb. Look at my eyes. Ain't lying. God, I get it. They'll play all night. <laughs> Welcome to the Taco Bell. Can I take your order? That was pretty good. That was good. I had a kick out of that one. I do like Taco Bell, but let's go to the phone. Our man Jeff is here. What's up, Jeff? How you doing? It's the best entertainment I've had all day, guys, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't take much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not looking you know, for much, you've come to the right place. That, but anyway. that, eight, that eight minutes of uh, audio took me at least 14 minutes to produce. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have to do all the overlay and all the real work on it like somebody here had to do. But nevertheless, uh, we talked off air a little bit. Tim and I spent the first hour of the show kind of talking about Kobe and, and things of that nature, but I figured you'd want to weigh in because Jeff, you're you kind of fall in age range a little bit between Tim and I. You're a little older than me, younger than Tim, and uh, you probably remember a lot more of Kobe's earlier years than I would. Um, go ahead and share some of your thoughts on, on Kobe Bryant. Well, um, like I said, we uh, you guys, as you know, I'm sure that uh, he was drafted uh, 1996. Uh, the Warriors took yep. him and. There was a lucky 13 pick. Um, there was rumors even before the draft that the Lakers or somebody might make a uh, deal with him, with uh, with them to to get him. And of course Jerry West and Jerry Buss were behind the, behind the deal. And they 
gladly sent uh, Vadi Divac out to Charlotte yeah. <laughs> for uh, the chance. Uh, but uh, not, you know, not to undermine Divac. I mean, but uh, when he had got to Sacramento, he had some good years. But anyway, this is Kobe Bryant, and uh, you know, when he came into the league, there was uh, out of right out of high school that was still in a way looked like down upon in a way, like frowned upon. Not a lot of guys had uh, done that. I think Garnett was the year before. Yeah, uh, he was the year before. And, I, and uh, you know, guys like McGrady and Jermaine O'Neal, uh, those uh, McGrady and Jermaine O'Neal kind of uh, were late bloomers. Uh, you know, they, they thought they could possibly be a bust, but then, you know, they developed. And But the big thing was, you know, should they these guys be coming out that soon or at least go to college for a little while? And it's still, you know, uh, looked uh, looked down upon in some sense, but not so much, you know, a lot more then. Uh, I think Sean yeah. Camp was one of the few that had come out. And But anyways, uh, he got off, you know, he did get off kind of a slow start. Uh, you know, his first, he, it wasn't as long as maybe I think McGrady and O'Neal, but um, when he came into the league, uh, <clears throat> I was kind of negative towards it myself. You know, I thought you, you know, needed to go to college like as most other people. And uh, you know, I was being a fan of uh, Jordan. Uh, he was he went uh, three years to Carolina. He probably could have came out his first or second year himself. But uh, anyways, if there was a carbon, almost a carbon copy of of Jordan anybody I think Kobe is as close the way he played like Jordan uh, you know Jordan's got him in, a, in a, some, some of the stats by like four or five points through their career and uh, and steals by a little bit and then rebound but not like a big significant but uh, man just it was just Sunday I was looking forward to cooking out our new charcoal grill for the family and then I was getting ready to go outside and do it and look, see on TV and what happened. And then it just—I didn't want to do anything. You know, what I mean, it was just a, just it was a bad day. You know, I didn't want—I just was just shocked at, uh, you know, it's like one—I uh, was sh- so shocked that, like, I, I took me back, you know, years back, you know, when. You know, I was a Dale Earnhardt fan, and whenever he died, it was, even though he was still racing, Kobe's retired. It was still, you know, you feel like these guys had so much left to offer to life and stuff. And you know, there's you know, three teenagers that died on the helicopter, and that's and everybody dies bad, but they're just uh, just sad. And uh, you know, they're they're talking about uh, making maybe making uh, him the NBA logo now. You know, I, you know, I, a lot of times people. I mean, that would be, uh, you know, in a way I'd be okay with it. At the same time, I think a lot of people, you know, jump to those things right when things happen like this, like right away they want to, uh, I think, maybe wait and see before they do something like that, you know. And some of this stuff like, you know, Mark Cuban, all of that stuff, I think excessive. I think it should be Lakers, you know. But I think it's great to honor people, but, you know, it's uh, – and he is deserving of honorable, but, you know, let's step back a little bit, you know, before we jump to any decision-making. But uh, he was, 
I mean, I'm not being, I wasn't really a Laker fan, but uh, he was really, really something special. You know, him and him and Shaq played together, and had they got along, they may have won eight to ten titles. Uh, have they worked things out? I mean, they were great when they played, but they just uh, they just weren't uh, on the same page. And it, it really, honestly, it took somebody like Phil Jackson to uh, you know get them to work together. And, uh, you know, a lot of times people say, well, Phil had the players. Uh, well, he did, but uh, none of those guys won anything. Like, Jordan didn't even win anything with, before Phil got there. And Kobe, uh, I mean, Phil came back after the first run they had, and then they won two titles with him. So, uh, I'm just, you know, it's uh, sometimes you got to have the right pieces there with everybody involved and to get everything to get everything to work the right way and uh, but anyways he was you know something special led the league in scoring twice and um you know just pop out of nowhere like the 81 point game i remember watching that night i mean uh espn was falling kind of then it just he just kept going off and off and off and it was just awesome to watch and then his last game they was they scored 60 points they showed it on espn the other day but uh you know, it was just it was just tragic and sad, but uh, you know, just one of those things. And uh, you know, you wish it. Would, hope you know people look at things more into like aviation and helicopter. You know, if, do we really need to go do this and when the weather's like this and all that? But uh, all all together, it's was, it was just a sad day, and I just. You know, growing up watching him, you know, I was probably, I guess when he got in the league, I was in the, my teens. And so uh, it's just growing, growing up watching the whole, up until he retired, it's just feels like one of your, you know, buddies dying in a way. That's somebody you looked up to. So, you know, those are my thoughts. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we kind of we echo that as well. I mean, we, we talked about it earlier, so I don't really want to beat a dead horse in terms of, repeating myself but it, it's it's one of those things where it took so many of us by surprise um and again i mentioned that you know we're always going to rem- kind of remember where we were and and it, it's i don't know it's you know you lose people from time to time like you know well you hear you know basketball players like well you know he died he was you know 78 you know, 84 years old, legendary coach, legendary player. Yeah. And you, you know, it's just like, well, you know, they were 80 some years old, died in their sleep, you know, kind of things. This wasn't that. This was, this was, this was a, a guy who was 41. Yeah. I mean, that's you, not you old. Got, you got no time to prepare. It's not like he was old. It's not like, okay, he's got a terminal illness. Yeah, or something, you know, or something like that. Um, the worst part for me, and I, I mean, we can talk about it no more if you like, is that it was, from all accounts, uh, a preventable accident from what I'm reading today, um, and that just makes it all the more tragic. I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus or any of that sort of stuff because it doesn't really matter at this point. But um, it sounds like it, it could have been easily prevented and that's like i said it just makes it much more tragic for me 
Yeah, and uh, Tim, I, I don't know about you. I I've got the son. I got a son who's who's one, and you know, you have your son who's twenty in his twenties, and um, to me, hearing that his daughter was with him on the plane, or excuse me, on the helicopter, that hurt me a little more. Maybe it's because I'm a new parent. You know, my son's just a year old, but it, that hit me as. Man, well, I can't imagine they, that feeling. They always say that no parent should outlive their children. Um, so for the, for the his wife, to, I mean, talk about a double whammy. I mean, I, I can't, you know, short of there being more of their daughter, more of his daughters on the on the helicopter. I don't know how it could get any worse. Like that's got to be the worst possible news you could ever get. Yeah. Um, which I'll say this, and there, of course, there was nine people on the, the helicopter, several, you know, there was a few children, parents, you know, Kobe was on there, the pilot, um, and our condolences to everyone, you know, everyone's families involved because, you know, it was more than just Kobe, but it's one of those things where it just so happened to be Kobe on the plane. We're not trying to overlook anyone. But this is a guy who was world-renowned. This is a guy who people wanted to be close to. I mean, th- this called grown men to, to shed tears. You know, well, I, read, um, I read somewhere, Nate, that he was, work- he was working on a children's book with yeah. an author. And when the guy heard the news, he immediately, and I hope he actually did it, that he said he immediately deleted the entire whatever they had to this point. He got rid of it and said it doesn't, you know, they will never see the light of day and it's gone and I don't want to talk about it because he was so floored by the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, Kobe had a lot of oars in the water and, and some people have even said his second act was going to be better than his first. So we'll see. I know ESPN has, has went on about it and I know some people are probably saying you guys are going on and on about it and, and maybe you don't want to hear it, but this is a guy that we have to remember, and this is a guy we're going to have to look back on and say. And, and Jeff, you'll you'll probably agree with me here. I put Kobe as a top ten player of all time. Well, what yeah. say you? Yeah, does I, he make a top ten yeah, for you? I, yeah, he does. He and for me, he's you know just. I you know I can't comment on. I don't like comment on all the guys like before I was born and stuff. I can go back and watch them and stuff. Every year is different, but. Uh, I guess if you're going to do the grand scheme of things, he would, you know, to me, be in like the eight, like you said, eight nine range somewhere. Okay, well, where and, uh, where would you put him when he played? He would have to be what top two, maybe even the best. Uh, well, as I told you a while ago, in my eyes, you know, I, I, um, I even though I mean, are you saying like? Like in like the years the that, time he in played, the 20, right? In the twenty years that he played, he was probably the best basketball player overall for those twenty years. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, it's really a shame. Uh, I think he got screwed out of a few MVPs. He should have. Oh, he did. But he uh, did. I, we went uh, over this it, a long time ago, and I still stand by that. Uh, I think in two thousand. I mean, he, I think his only MVP was seven oh eight. I think that's right, but um, he had several other, you know, a few other years. He should. I thought he should at least won three. And uh, and in my well, eyes, yeah, when he when he played, 
Uh, now early in his career, I thought Shaq was the you know the best player, but in the league. But you know, essentially they had they had the two best players in the league. But like during that run after Shaq left and was kind of deteriorating and things like that, his career was uh, kind of getting run down. I, you know, I think it was Kobe's league. I mean, Kobe he Bryant. Was the guy, uh, go ahead, man. I was going to say Kobe Bryant to me, maybe the second best guard to ever play. Because when you look at your your list of greatest all around players, I think you got to have a lot of big guys on there, a lot of forwards. Um, greatest. Kareem, sorry Jerry, I got to go with Kobe, and. He was the first guard to play 20 years in the league. That's got to say something for the guy. I mean, guards don't last long in the league normally. Kobe did. Kobe lasted a long time. And his longevity is something that people should talk about. Right. Uh, and, and it, uh, I think, late in his career, you know, I think when he tore his Achilles, he uh, they were showing that up, up to that point he was scoring, you know, 40, 45 points. He had six or seven games up until that point. And uh, up until 2013, he you know, he averaged 27, 28, uh, 25 the year before that. And then uh, he only played six games in 13 and 14. And I think he averaged like 14 a game. But, you know, uh, it was unfortunate that, that happened. Uh, a lot of people worry about uh, Kevin Durant. Will he be the same after that? Um, you know, of course, Kobe was older than what Durant, a few years older when when that happened. And he but, made two. Uh, and he made two free throws on a torn Achilles and walked to the yeah, locker room yeah. right. like a boss. Like a boss. Yeah, it this way. Pretty impressive. I'll, th- I'll, I'll throw this out there. This is my final statement on Kobe. Twenty years in the league. 15 of them in the playoffs, 18-time All-Star, 18 times out of 20 years, five times wins the championship. So that's a third of the of the years he played, they won the title. Fourth, there's nothing but more. yes, I see what you're doing there. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing there's nothing more to say. That that yeah. that's all you that's all you need to hear. You, and then if you want to go into the points and all that stuff, you can go there if you want to. But you don't need to. That that says all that it is required for legendary status. Yeah, I think I, I think he's the second best shooting guard of since I've been alive. Okay. I think he's the second best shooting guard of all time. Yeah, I like the big O, but it's hard for me to to compare. Um, yeah. So I'll say this: I, um, I love that they're waving the rules, and he's going to get in the Hall of Fame. Um, that to me is tremendous. Yeah, I do love that. Um, so yeah, that you know, Kobe means a lot to a lot of people, and it's really been a, a, f- a tough few days. And I know some people are still trying to recover from it. I know, um, you know, the basketball world. A lot of people are doing the. A lot of teams are doing the twenty-four second violation, the eight-second violations in honor of Kobe, and that's great. Um, all we can do now is remember him and honor him, and that's what we should. That's what we should do. And you know, we're gonna miss the Mamba. I know. I know. I will. I don't know about you guys. I'm yeah. gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss knowing he was out there. 
Yeah, I felt like he had a, still a lot to offer, and like I said, the, he did. His daughter, he was heavily involved with them, and and Jack, like Jack Nicholson even said, uh, the actor, he said, you know, I'm I'm gonna miss just seeing him around and talking to him. But as we were saying, Nathan, I, I you know, I I thought he should have won the MVP in '03 and '07, mm-hmm. '07, and they finally won it in '08. But uh, I felt like he should have won at least three or four of them, and he was kind of. You know, it, uh, I think Steve Nash won one or two of them there when he. Steve Nash had uh, two but, MVPs. Kobe had one, and to me, that's a travesty. No yeah. offense to Steve Nash. I think Steve Nash right. is a great player, but I don't yeah. put Steve Nash in the same conversation as Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, tell you what guys. It has been, go ahead. It go has ahead, been sorry. real quick. It has been a tough week. Uh, I've, I've seen your boys blow a seventeen-point lead. And well, I don't you know what's going on. Um, you know what? It should have. It was a lane violation. The NBA admitted yeah, it was a lane right. violation. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what? you know what? You know what? You know what? Oh shit! Uh, first, we get the lane violation miss, and then the the untucked jersey. It's just not our year. I tell you, it's just not. Um, and that's that's where I'm at with it. With it comes to the wolves, but I'll tell you what. Got to have an interview with Rod Beard. I sat down and talked to him the other day. Stay on the line, Jeff, uh, for just a minute here. And uh, let's go ahead and go to our interview with Rod Beard. Shackelford's telling me we have to. You good, Tim? Roll the tape, mate. Roll it. Back with us on Wide Men Can't Jump is the Pistons beat writer for the Detroit News, our man, up in Detroit, it's Rod Beard. Thanks, Rod, for jumping back on with us as always. Oh, not a problem at all. Thanks for having me back on. And we were going to have you on a week earlier, but Rod, ladies and gentlemen, has been on vacation, and it's much, much due vacation. So I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it's so hard to do during the season, but anytime you can try to carve a week out, you you try to do the best you can to make it work. Absolutely, and I don't blame you. Get out while you can. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, look at the Pistons this season. Not exactly a what you would call a banner year so far for them. They're tenth in the East, seventeen and thirty-one record, but still got a pretty good shot at landing a playoff spot. A seven and eight are not far away from them. Um, Detroit kind of struggling here. Uh, lost three in a row. They're three and seven in their last 10. Um, what really seems to be um, the major issue right now in Detroit? I know they're without Blake Griffin. He's out with injury for a while. What, what's really going on there with the Pistons? Well, I think it's just a disjointed rotation. The Blake Griffin piece is, is certainly part of it. But once you know a guy's out for the season, as uh, some of the players said and Dwayne Casey said, you don't have to look down the bench or look at the injury report and wonder if he's coming back. You you know that the the finality of that is he's gone for the year. But with some of the other guys, it's um, a basis is Derrick Rose. Uh, are he is he going to play big minutes or small minutes? Is he going to play today or not? Is it a rest day for him? Uh, Reggie Jackson just came back from. Uh, missing 42 games. So it's a lot of that in and out and injuries that are just nagging ankle sprains and, and the illnesses and the flus going around a bit. So it's it's just affected that chemistry and who's going to play on a day-to-day basis. As a pharmacist student, I will always tell everyone, always get your flu shot, ladies and gentlemen. But, <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, Griffin going out, um, his injury is is big, I think. Do you think that will signal the end of his time in Detroit? Because it kind of seems like this is an experiment they tried, but they just can't keep him healthy long enough to really see the lasting effects. Do you think Blake Griffin has played his last game as a Piston? No, I don't. I think he'll come back uh, next season, and the hope is that he'll come back somewhere close to where he was last year. Uh, And he may not be back at that all-NBA level, but anywhere close to that they'll take. The problem is that they can't unload that contract with $78 million over the next uh, two years. Instead, it's just going to be very difficult to get anybody to buy into, well, um, he's going to be a a superstar again, and and he's going to play like he did last year over the last two years of that contract. Maybe you get um, some some looks here and there, and, and he's great for a few games, but I just can't see him running off the consistency that he had all of last season over the course of another year. Well, let's, let's talk about Andre Drummond. Uh, this is when, this is one that's been, you know, the, the rumors have been swirling for a while now. Andre Drummond, um, he's a great piece for Detroit, but you know, he's been there now seven years is on his eighth year averaging this season, averaging great numbers, 17 points per game, 15 and a half boards. But there's rumors that the Pistons are ready to move on from Andre Drummond. Can you confirm or deny these rumors? And if if they're true, where do you think – what are the Pistons asking for him? Well, uh, it, it's pretty much confirmed because they've done it for the past probably three years or so. Every year at the trade deadline, they're looking at what the market is for him. And, and they'll tell you they've done it out of the – uh, general sense of with any of your guys, you want to see who they are and what their value is, just in case you want to trade them somewhere down the road. So that's been um, verified over the past few years. And this year, I think they're they're doing it more because in the summertime, he uh, suggested that he might pursue his unrestricted free agency and see what's out there. For a guy that's 26, he's been in the year for seven, eight years, and he hasn't been a free agent yet there's some intrigue to it where you want to see what your value is but a guy he's making um 126 million a five-year 126 and he might be looking at something in the 20 25 million plus range uh in the next contract i think that's going to scare a lot of teams off and, and so if you're looking at him getting traded this year before the february 6th deadline the big question is going to be what is the team going to give you uh, when they can just sign them in the off season, that it would have to be a team that's a playoff contender or uh, certainly a, a title contender that feels like he's that one piece that this season could put them over the top. And that's the only reason that I think a team would want to trade and give you some pretty good value for him right now. And so that that's the, the holdup right now is, is, is there such a team out there is there a Dallas or a Toronto or, or somebody who feels like this year they absolutely have to have Andre Drummond? The teams that were rumored to be interested would be the Knicks and the Hawks, and neither one of those teams is, is – they're closer to getting the number one pick than they are to being a, a playoff team or a title contender. <laughs> so I, I just don't see that there's a great market out there for Andre Drummond. Um, if they do go to move, are or is it really kind of depend on what that team has to offer before they can say, okay, this is what we want? 
Yeah, I think it's what they have to offer, and the Pistons would love to get a draft pick out of it in an expiring contract, and that was the rumored um, asking price in the Hawks deal was uh, a, a young player or a draft pick and an expiring contract uh, so that you get some value out of a guy like Andre Drummond. But, again, I just don't see that teams are willing to give up a lot to get him back in return. Uh, but Drummond's been playing well, though, in his time in Detroit this season especially. Um, do you feel like maybe there's teams that don't want to take a risk on him because this is a guy other than the money? Um, you know, the traditional big man role has kind of went away a little bit in the NBA. We're looking at more of a, you know, you can play five guys, five smaller guys now. You don't need that 6'10 dominant guy who can get into the post and, and do what you used to do. Is that maybe another reason why Detroit would be having such a hard time moving him? Yeah, I, I think some of that fit is is going to be the issue. And he doesn't shoot three-pointers. He, he, that's, well, he does, but he just doesn't do it well. Um, but that's the problem is, is most teams have their um, young center that they're already in, in cost control or contract control over, and they're not looking for a center right now. So it's going to be very interesting for me to see in the summer how this works out, that he's probably one of the bigger names in free agency and how that actually works out with how much a team is willing to spend on a guy who doesn't do all of the things that most of the centers do now. I mean, you, you've seen Boban shoot three-pointers now and, and have some success with it. Uh, Drummond might be one of the last few that doesn't. So where does he fit? I mean, you, you have to have a, a very specific roster construction to be able to have him come in and to start for you and to eat up as much of the salary cap as he's going to eat up and not be your number one or number two player. And that, that's kind of where he fits into all of that. He's got to be a, a guy who um, is a number one or number two player, probably a number two option um, in order to justify getting the salary that he's going to command. Well, let me ask you now, I'm going to kind of switch gears here. Derek Rose, this has been a fantastic uh, little addition. He played in Minnesota last year. Looked great, had a 50-point game on Halloween night. Um, and this is a guy that the Pistons have picked up. He, they're only paying him $7 million a year. Um, and he's looked really good for the Pistons this season. Um, is this a guy that they want to keep around kind of long-term? Because he really fills out that six-man role really well. Yeah, I, I think that was the initial thought was that they could have him for these two years on a reasonable contract. And it, it, it it was a reunion of, of sorts for them that Arn Tellum was his agent uh, starting out uh, and incidentally was Kobe Bryant's agent too. But Arn Tellum uh, wanted to give him a lifeline and wanted to give him a good contract and a place where he could come and um, have a big role. And Rose has done that, but now he's been back in the starting lineup because Reggie Jackson, as I said, was out for those 42 games. So they just didn't have a lot of point guards. They didn't have a lot of options and, and put Rose in the starting lineup. And he's, continued on with that. I think it's 12 straight games that he's played that he's gotten 20 plus points. So he's more than just this super sub that comes off the bench and gives them a scoring infusion. He's a guy who comes in and really guides their offense and gives them uh, a frontline score uh, with a, uh, you would say a six man salary almost. Yeah. And Rose 31 years old, kind of revived his career a little bit here uh, recently. And he's a guy who, I mean, 
correct me if I'm wrong here, they're paying him $7 million, but he's been playing better than Reggie Jackson, who is has been hurt. You know, obviously he's been, been hurt, but his numbers are way better than Jackson's this season. Yeah, and, and that's certainly more volume, but Rose is not your traditional point guard who comes out and uh, sets up to your other guys and runs a lot of pick and roll and distributes to the role man. He's just to come out and get buckets, get points on the board, and a professional scorer that um, it, it, they need that change of pace coming off the bench because that's, that's the group that was supposed to be one of the better ones in the league, their second unit. And just because of the injuries all over the place, specifically to Griffin also, they've just had to change their philosophy and how they do things with different guys. Well, speaking of Reggie Jackson, this is the last year of his contract, $18 million. Um, you know, good player. Is he worth $18 million? I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of the million-dollar question, I guess you would say. Detroit, do they have long-term plans of possibly keeping Reggie Jackson around? Not that I've heard anything about. Um, and you got to look back at the history of it, and that was that summer of 16 when salaries were just bananas all over the place, and that's before it really exploded where silly money was just going around. But they thought Reggie Jackson at, at five years and $80 million was going to be a, a huge bargain. And for the most part, they were right with that. Um, his injury history is, is what really has muddied the water, though, that um, for two years he had a, a knee issue. They had a severely sprained ankle, a grade three sprain. And last year he played all 82 games, but this year he's missed half the season already uh, because of back issues. So it's just been – myriad injuries all over the place for Jackson that um, when he's played in games, they've won more than 50% of the games in his career with the Pistons. So that's a, a telling stat in terms of his value and what he means. It's just keeping him healthy. That's been the big problem. Yeah. And, and Jackson, you know, he's a great player. I will say that um, I had the privilege of getting to watch him in the, uh, the playoff series against Cleveland a few years ago, and he, uh, you know, he really played well. Uh, and that was, of course, 2016. Um, I think he's got a spot. I don't know if Detroit will be willing to give him another another shot, but I really think that was a. Uh, I think Jackson could really be a good asset in the NBA. He's a good ball player, in my opinion. Yeah, he's 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 a good pick and roll guy. And remember, in that 2016 season. That's when he was at his best and Andre Drummond was at his best. So when both of those guys were healthy and both playing well and and Jackson was able to initiate that pick and roll with Drummond, that's when the Pistons had their most success. And and in the years since when he's been injured, that's why they've fallen on hard times and really struggled to get into the playoffs. Well, let's look at some of the young pieces here on this Pistons team. And let's look no further than the draft pick from this past year. You're going to have to help me out on this pronunciation because I don't know if I'll get it right. Tell me if I'm wrong here. Sioku Dumbaya. Sekou Dumbuya. Okay. Sekou Dumbuya. Okay. Thank you for that. I've been trying to that's get it. that that's for a it. while. That's that is a – that's a tough one. That's tough. <laughs> but, but I tell you what, he's a tough player. I watched him play – um, pretty good ball player, got a lot to learn. Of course, only 19 years old, so adapting here to the NBA. But how, what do you think of him so far? Do you think he's going to be the wing player that the Pistons have been looking for for a long time? 
Yeah, there there have been some flashes there where uh, he's really shown that he's not afraid of anybody, of any matchup. And how about your first three starts of your career that you come in and you get um, you get LeBron, you get Kevin Love, and you get uh, Kawhi Leonard, and you do pretty well against them. Yeah, you're going to take some some baskets on the other end, but you go right back at them on the offensive end, and um, and you show what you can do and, and garner some respect and some notice from those coaches and those players as well. It, it's a tough start to his career, but uh, the, the 25 points that he had against the Celtics in a win, a surprising win, that tells you everything you need to know that he um, he's not going to back down from a challenge. And at six foot nine. He kind of plays like a small forward, but he's got the size of a, of a power forward. And he's just got the, the build that once that fills out and he gets in a, a weight training and conditioning and nutrition program, that that's going to be a lot more muscle. And again, only 19. So he's only going to figure out the game just a little bit more. What do you think is like the thing he probably needs to learn more than anything right now? Like you see him, uh, coming into the league, of course, these young guys, they always have things to learn. But what do you think would be something that he does now that maybe you look at and say, okay, this is something we've definitely got to fix. This is something that needs corrected. And what's something that he does that maybe, okay, we need more of that. That's why we picked him. Well, I think the thing that he needs to learn is how to be patient on defense. A lot of times he uh, – when he's guarding guys like that, he'll fall for the first move. He'll be up in the air, and he'll pick up a silly foul. And he's been in foul trouble consistently, and that's what's limited his minutes a little bit. It's just uh, in the first half, he's got three fouls already. Or um, Third quarter, he's picking up that fourth or that fifth foul, and you're kind of like, just stay on the ground. Don't fall for that pump fake. Uh, so he'll learn that. But it, the, the other piece of it is more back cuts, more little things that – if you beat LeBron on a back cut or you beat Kawhi Leonard on a back cut, you've done something pretty good. And he, he was able to beat both of those guys. And Draymond Green, if I'm not mistaken, too, uh, he got on a back cut. It's just the energy. It's just being able to finish at the rim uh, on the offensive end that the Pistons haven't had a guy like that. And defensively, a guy who's 6'9 and who plays like a small forward, that, that guy has been missing from their bench and from their starting unit. So if he can be that – and grow into that role, that'll certainly be a help. And one more guy I want to talk about from this Pistons squad, because this is a guy, he's 23 years old, not making a lot of money, um, but I think he's one of those guys that you see, he's always you know in the lineup, and he, he plays good, he's a good scorer, Luke Kennard. He's kind of a on-again, off-again kind of shooter. He's still young. Only been in the league. This is only his third year now. Do you see him being a guy that the Pistons lean more on with his ability to shoot the ball? Because he's shooting almost shooting forty percent from the floor from three. So, do you see him as maybe a just a three and D kind of guy, or do you think maybe there's more levels to his game? I think he's more of an, an offensive guy. He's a facilitator who can roll for you, and the, the three point shot is certainly his biggest strength. But it's just helped with him, and he's been out with some knee tendonitis issues now, and they don't expect him back until after the All-Star break. But that's been, for him, the same issue uh, going into the playoffs last year. Is he available? And, and the joke about the, the best ability is availability. He's just got to be able to be on the court and, and play a full season and play it at the same consistent level. That's been the big question is 
Um, will Donovan Mitchell or Luke Kennard? Well, Luke Kennard's his own player, and that's the Pistons shows over Donovan Mitchell. But along with that, there were other teams that passed on Donovan Mitchell, so it wasn't this um, absolutely number one pick that he's got to be that guy. But with Kennard, you can see the, the outside shooting stroke is there. You can see that he can run a little bit of point guard for you in small little um, – small little situations, not for a whole game, but for a couple of possessions, he can get your offense started and players where they need to be. But the next step for that, for him, is going to be doing it on a consistent basis, night in and night out. Do you think the Pistons make the playoffs this year? I know it's kind of early to tell, but with Griffin going out, do you think they still have the pieces to sneak in, maybe grab a seven or an eight seed? No, I, I just don't see it for him this year. And I could be wrong. Uh, but I think they're going to try to move some of these pieces before the trade deadline. That maybe some of these expiring contracts with Drummond and Jackson that we've talked about, Jackson Galloway, Rose might even be a guy that they end up moving if they get a first-round pick or a good enough offer for it. Uh, that they really start gathering some assets and rebuilding, and looking ahead to next year where they'll have significant cap space somewhere in the order of uh, 50, 60 million if all of those guys get moved that uh, they can try to rebuild this thing and, and build around some of these young guys. Well, Rod, before I let you go, um, this episode of, of Wide Men Can't Jump, we are dedicating to the memory of Kobe Bryant and his his daughter. Um, I know you've been around the league a long time, and, and we've, we've touched on a lot here um, earlier in the program talking about Kobe Bryant and, and our personal memories. Do you have anything that maybe you could share that you would feel like sharing to talk about the the legacy, the memories of Kobe Bryant uh, with our listeners? Any kind of personal stories maybe or anything like that? No, I, I think it's just his impact on the league and, and where Michael Jordan seems so – he's the one that people point to as saying he's the best, he's the greatest. And Kobe may not be the greatest, but he's one of the greatest competitors. And when you think of Michael Jordan, you think of – people wanting to be like Mike, but more people in this generation and the players that I've talked to have related to Kobe. There's something that's just ultimately relatable about Kobe and the way that he um, was a symbol of that excellence, of that competitive drive and that motivation that he was going to outwork you. Michael Jordan, when you walked in the gym, he was already better than you and he didn't need to do a lot more but Kobe was going to outwork you and be better than you and make sure that you knew that he outworked you and he was better than you. That's the enduring legacy to me is that he um, absolutely wanted to, to do everything that he could to just put in more work than you did. But the other piece is what he was starting to do with his daughter and the WNBA and bringing that league to a different platform that People want to talk about the, the things in Colorado and the, the, the case in Colorado, but what he was doing with women's sports with his daughter almost atones for that in a lot of people's books that uh, he, he really enjoyed being a dad. He really enjoyed that time with his daughters, and that was really going to be the next stage of what his development was going to be and, and what his personality was going to be as a father to his daughter and as uh, a champion for women's athletics, and we just didn't get to see that. Yeah, and it, and to me that's that's a shame because you know Kobe for me growing up he wasn't my favorite player ever, um, but I enjoyed watching him play. 
um, you know, I grew up a, a Garnett fan. Of course, I was a Jordan fan from way back. And, and Kobe, you know, I liked watching the way he played. Um, and I don't even want to go into, you know, everything that, that, you know, we all have black eyes, things we wish we could do or, or not have done, or things we could take back. So I don't, I don't touch on what happened with Kobe and his legal stuff. That's past. It's gone. It's over. Um, but the legacy he leaves behind to me is, is it's a groundswell. It's huge. And I, it's, you're right when you say he was a, a dad. And as a father, I think I look at things a little differently now than I maybe would have a few years ago. My son's just one. And mm-hmm. this kind of this hurt me um, in a way because I look at it now through completely different eyes. I don't know if that if, if our listeners or, or maybe even you, I don't know if you have any children, but it, it kind of, that's the way I looked at it personally is this is with different eyes because of of him as being a dad and looking at it from that perspective yeah and the the odd part of it was is i was just dropping my son off at baseball practice uh when i found out the news and it's it's just that it's your something that dads or do so much every weekend you're taking your kid to uh a practice or a game or something like that it's just regular things that you're doing and the whole world gets turned upside down uh, with the force of just an accident. And it, it wasn't like he was um, doing something out of the ordinary. It's something that each of us does just on a random Saturday or Sunday. So that's the tragedy uh, in it all is that it, it was just uh, in the regular course of regular routine of a weekend thing that dads are doing. And so you, you felt like that was you, that was every man when something like that happens. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's something like – I watch my son, he'll, uh, he'll take his little rubber ball, his basketball. And he, you know, he's, again, he's just 15 months old and he'll throw it into the basket now. And, um, it's just something that I, I enjoy and, and to think that's how Kobe went with his, his daughter. And it was a tragedy and I've seen some of the people speak out on it and it, it's heartbreaking and, you know, there'll never be another Kobe. So I know you saw him a lot. I never got to see him play in person. I, I'm sure you did. Um, yeah, especially those old Pistons games. Those were always fun back at the palace. Um, so, you know, I think all we can do is really remember Kobe for the athlete and of course the, the person that he became. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Rod, I hate to end on such a downer, but I feel like, you know, that's just the way that this episode is going to be just because of the memories of Kobe that a lot of people are sharing. But, uh, we do thank you for all you do with the Pistons and always being a great guest here on the show. We really do appreciate you and uh, let our listeners know where they can keep up with you and follow you and even see you. I saw you did a little sideline reporting through Dwayne Casey off a little bit there. <laughs> no, it's um, I'm on Twitter at D E T news, Rod beard and on Instagram, more or less, that's more of just photos here or there, but mostly on uh, DetroitNews.com. Uh, is the main Detroit newspaper website. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Rod. I really appreciate your Pistons updates and talking a little Cubby Bryant with us. And uh, we'll have you back real soon, and we'll talk some more. It's always a pleasure, my friend. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.
And a big thank you to Rod Beard. And, Tim, we, we've had kind of a downer of an episode tonight, and we do apologize for that. Um, but I felt as though this was something that we needed to do, and we wanted to remember the, the, the lifetime Kobe Irvin. But before we go, you know, we had the top ten that was fun earlier and and all that, but we got to do one more thing before we get out of here. As Bogus shakes his tush, Tim, are you with me? As they say, Bogus must dance. He must. And we must head over to the Wide Men Can't Jump Twitter. Are you ready, Tim? I am ready, Nate Bush. Well, our first nominee is the Kings and the Pistons, and they're going one-on-one trying to make it a Bush League, just 10-man team. And there's a roll on the floor, a missed alley-oop, and the Kings drive back down and try to pass here, go for the layup, and they brick that one. <laughs> this is a Benny Hill sketch. <laughs> that is a – yeah, I mean, you should – that should be running in behind there. Yeah. That is just – a whole lot of ugly going on there. <laughs> it really is. Wow. A definite a moment that both teams want to forget because it was found here, and you know what it is. That's Bush. Bush League. You hear me? You hear me. Our next nominee, this was an attempted alley-oop from the looks of things by the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, that was more of a tally-ho instead of alley-oop as that one hits the top of the backboard. Kevin Love wanted it, but he did not. No love on that pass. My goodness. That was apparently passed to the Jolly Green Giant, mate. Yes, that pass uh, that pass goes up to the great Kali, who just missed it. And uh, he, he had to jump for it. But There's <laughs> no excuse for that. That was terrible. Like, I've, seen, I've seen better passing. I've seen better passing in a chess game. That's terrible. I mean, yeah, I mean, that is just, I mean, talk about going for big air. I mean. A lot of big know. air there. It looked like an X game. It looked like, <laughs> looked like a, what was that guy's name? Sean White at the X game. He just sailed, man. But you know what that pass was? I mean, that is Bush League. That's Bush League. Didn't they call him the Red Tomato or something? And yeah, the Flying Tomato. Flying Tomato, that's it. He couldn't stand yeah. it. Yeah. And our final nominee is Cal Alexander Walker tries to find Jackson Hayes for the Pelicans, and he found him right in the face. <laughs> he just takes one right off the dome, and you see it here, here it comes in, doink! Oh, <laughs> uh, see, there's the lighter, that's like a, do you remember the lighter side of sports? Yeah, yeah, it was good yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's the, kind of, that's the kind of thing that would be on there. You see it one more time, doink! <laughs> right off the face. Uh, Got to get those hands up, Rook. But uh, uh, you know what that it's is. Utterly, it's utterly Bush League. Uh, yeah, it's, it's utterly Bush League. But what's amazing to me is that's a game featuring the Knicks, and the and the blooper is not the Knicks. Yeah, I know. It's, a, it's this new thing they're trying. All right. Our three nominees are up. Who's it going to be, Tim? Oh, it's it's got to be the last the, the last one. That, that's a winner. Uh, Any time a guy takes a shot to the head, that's always good. The only thing that beats a shot to the head is a shot to the nuts. So, ladies and gentlemen, Kale Alexander-Walker and Jackson Hayes are Bush League winners this week. 
which means they receive the Tom Robinson Massage of the Month, which comes with sandpaper and cacti. We hope you enjoy the worst rub down you're ever going to get. And that's going to do it for Bush League. Cue the dancing boguses. Bush League. Well, See, I, th- I think that the Knicks and the Pelicans should have got the uh, automatic invite to the uh, Slovakian International uh, D-League Championship for that. <laughs> God. Oh, goodness. Not picking well, up any Slovakians, by the way. No, no, we would never. Don't, don't, don't tweet me. <laughs> don't add him at Tileman68. Don't add me at Wide Jump. Come find us uh, and follow us. We're on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find podcasts, we're there. Don't miss it. Check it out. And, uh, you know, that's going to wrap it up for this week, Our as we remember the Black Mamba, Kobe Bryant. We hope you all enjoyed this walk down memory lane. Hopefully next week we can get back to uh, a little more of our regularly scheduled uh, program where we uh, – kind of focus more on what's going on in the league right now. There's, you know, we got some things to talk about. Trade deadlines getting close. All stars have been released, but we'll get into that next week. We felt this week was the right time to talk about Kobe. And then of course we had our, I already recorded, made the, made the arrangements to record with uh, Rod Beard. So we went ahead and went through with that. So we'll have more next week, but Tim, anything you want to say before we get out of here? No, I think I'm good, Nate. Uh, let's let's end it on with our uh, final little thing for the evening. Yeah, I'm going to wrap it up with uh, I've got a little bit of a Kobe retrospective here that spans from draft night, and it's nothing major. It's a, you know just a couple minutes. This is from him getting drafted all the way until the uh, the final speech he gave as a player. So uh, we'll end it on this. And thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. And uh, we dedicate this one to the life of Kobe Bryant, his young daughter, and uh, everyone who was involved in that tragic helicopter accident this past Sunday. Um, Hold your – give everybody you love a hug tonight. Hold them close, and uh, have a good night, everyone. It'll get better, people. It will. Be strong. With the 13th pick in the 1996 NBA draft, The Charlotte Hornets select Kobe Bryant from Lower Marion High School in Pennsylvania. A coming out party for the high school kid. Kobe Bryant meeting with the approval of that Charlotte fan in attendance here. And Hubie, this is a guy whose stock has risen Every time he's tried out, people like this kid. Well, everyone writing when he first came out, well, he's going to have to bulk up. This guy is 200 pounds at six foot six. He is an offensive whiz. He's very, very talented. He has all pro moves. And when, when you, you look at him, you're talking about a young man with range. He can go off the dribble. He can get his shot. And in every place that he worked out, nothing but rage. No one talking about any shortness or a weakness in his game.
Jerry West told me today that greatness lies ahead for this young man. Thought he was going to be absolutely fantastic. I recruited him out of high school, and certainly I believe everything he said in, in this man's ability. He is just flat out going to be outstanding. It's going to take him a little time, though, because he, he's going from high school, skipping college, into a very physical game. All he did was average 31 points a game his senior year. His team won the state title with 31 wins and three losses, and he eclipsed the uh, scoring mark of Wilt Chamberlain in Pennsylvania. This kid has got it all. Yeah, you get the package, and I think what you like best about him, everyone says that he makes everyone else around him a better player. And he's a winning style guy. We realize that there's a lot to overcome when you come right out of high school. But if anyone has a good chance, this young man is blessed with outstanding offensive skills. Kobe called. Kobe Bryant, everybody. I want you to stay relentless. The Black Mamba, you take us. All right, I got okay? you. Okay? You're the man. A long journey. We're ready to go. Now, I don't want to be a one-man show. I have decided to skip college and take my talent to the NBA. Welcome to the Kobe Show. Take two. How you doing? My name is Kobe Bryant. Pleasure to meet you. Kobe Bryant. Come Philadelphia slash Italy. Mamba Kobe Bryant. Right. Kobe Bryant right. from Lower Marion High School. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to work hard every day. I'm young, but I'm not going to back down from anyone. The most important thing is making longevity. You can't settle for this season. It's bigger than that. You have to keep working on your basketball skills every day. Back down, fade away. Boom, 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 boom. Round it, round it, round it, round it. Don't touch me the rest of the script. Get your hands off me. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. The crowd got me real pumped up after the dunk, so the only thing I felt like doing was flexing. It's time to play, man. Hey, guys, you know, it's, uh, I can't believe how fast 20 years went by. I mean, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy, and, uh, you know, to be standing here at center court with you guys, my teammates behind me, and uh, appreciating all this, you know, the journey that we've been on. You know, we've been through our ups and been through our downs. And uh, I think the most important part is that we all stay together throughout. You know, I grew up, I grew up a diehard, I mean a diehard Laker fan. Diehard. I mean, I knew knew everything about every player that's ever played here. So to be drafted and then traded to this organization and to spend 20 years here, I mean, you can't, you can't write something better than this. And I'm more, proud, I'm more proud of the fact that not about the championships, but about the down years because we didn't run. We didn't run. We played through all that stuff and we got our championships and we did it the right way. And uh, all I can do here is just thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the years of support. Thank you guys for all the motivation. Thank you for all the inspiration. And, uh, you know, what's funny, <laughs> the thing that had me cracking up all night long was the fact that I go through 
20 years of everybody screaming to pass the ball. And on the last night, they're like, don't pass it. <laughs> this, has been, this has been absolutely beautiful, you guys. I can't believe it's come to an end. Um, you guys will always be in my heart. And uh, I sincerely, sincerely appreciate it. No words can describe how I feel about you guys. And uh, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I, God, I love you guys. And uh, I love you guys. And uh, my family, to my family, my wife Vanessa, our daughters Natalia and Gianna, you know, thank you guys for all your sacrifice. You know, for all the hours I spent in the gym working and training, and Vanessa, you holding down the family the way that you have, I, I, I can't, there's no way that I can thank you enough for that. So, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And, uh, what can I say? Mamba out.